Hey everybody, this is Pastor Cor Chavis. Thank you so much for checking us out today at Truth Chapel's podcast. If this word has blessed your spirit or encouraged you, take a moment and leave us a quick review. Also, check us out at truth-chapel.com or any of our social media outlets, Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. God bless, and I pray you enjoy. from the book of Job chapter 1, Job chapter 1, and I'm going to read uh, verses 6 through 10, Job 1, 6 through 10, familiar scriptures, um, but I want to pull something out of this that I noticed and I want to share it with you today, Job chapter 1, beginning in verse 6, when you have it, just say, I got it, Amen. one person's got it, we were waiting, I think that there was a lady in the back that may have Job 1 and verse 6. Now there was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan came also among them. And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job? that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, Doth Job fear God for naught? Hast thou not made a hedge about him and about his house and about all that he hath on every side Thou hast blessed the work of his hands, and his substance is increased in the land. Amen. If I can borrow a, a little bit of vernacular from my home state, North Carolina, I want to teach to you today on this subject, it ain't for nothing. It ain't for nothing. Amen. Can we pray together right now? Lord, we love you so much, and we're so thankful to be in your house and to hear your word. I ask you now that you would speak to us through your word today. Help us grow us and mature us in Bible study, Lord. We give you praise and glory for it in Jesus' name. And the church said amen. Amen. You may be seated together in the presence of the Lord. Thank you again for being at Bible study. If, if you did not know this, if you were not aware of this, let me uh, make you aware of this today, uh, that the book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible. Yeah, that's, that's interesting to know that the book of Job is the oldest book in the Bible, that uh, Job was one of the first books entered um, into the canon, and it's one of the oldest books in the Bible. No one actually knows when it was written. They just know it was written a long, long time ago. And there is some interesting points from the story of Job. Uh, and if you've been here for a long time, uh, if you've been here from, you know, way back in the day, I did a whole series on Job, I think an eight-week series on the book of Job from beginning to end because I think most people don't know that Job has about 30-something chapters in it. And they forget that a lot happened in Job, not just, you know, he got this happened to him and then the Lord, 
you know, healed him and brought him out. There's a lot that happened in between there, a lot of things that took place, and there's a lot of good and interesting um, nuggets in the book of Job. But one of the most peculiar concepts from the book of Job is that it's the only time in, in your Bible where we see this exchange between God and Satan. Everything else is referred to, and, uh, and then we see Satan with Jesus in the New Testament. But here in, in this text, you, you know, we see this, this, this principle or, or this day. I don't know what this day was. No one knows what this day was. If it's a reoccurring day, if it's a, a weekly check-in, a monthly check-in, a yearly check-in, a bicentennial check-in, we don't know when the check-in is, but we just know that there was one day that all the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord, everybody. And then, like, how, who, who are those complete sets of the sons of God? And Satan is obviously one of those people who have to, at some point, check in with the Lord. And Satan checks in with the Lord, and the Lord asks him, the Lord says, where did you come from? What, what, what were you doing? What you been up to? Where's, where's, your, where's your business been lately? From whence thou, whence comest thou, is what he asked him. And the, the Lord uh, asked him this question, where are you from? Or like, you know, where, where are you coming from? What, what was your last point? Or what have you been up to? And Satan responds with this answer. He said, I've been walking up and I've been going to and fro in the earth, walking up and down in it. I believe that this is where Jesus in the New Testament will tell his disciples that Satan is like a roaring lion roaming to and fro, seeking whom he may devour. Because Jesus understood that, that Satan is just, is just looking. He's just looking for places he can get into. He's looking for doors he can open. He's looking for people he can influence. He, he's just looking. He's roaming. And, and we all got to be careful because Satan's still roaming. Uh, according to, to, to the word that I, that I read and the word that I understand, that he's still looking and seeking whom he may devour. And, and when God asked Satan this question, where you been, what you been doing, he said, I've been, I've been roaming the earth, I've been looking to and fro, I've been up and down in it, I, I've been everywhere, man. And the Lord says, well, have you, have you considered my, my, my servant Job? Yeah. Have you thought about Job? Have you... Have you tested Job? Have you checked Job out? And this is what the Satan says. He said, well, first, God puts this, this, this mantle on Job and he says, he's a perfect and upright man. Now, imagine God saying that about you. That that's what God thought of Job. Now, in the New Testament, there's a couple people in the New Testament that the apostles will write and they will say that this man is an upright man, perfect in all of his ways, things like that. But that's the apostles writing about this person. That's how they feel about him. Yeah. But Job, this is how God felt about Job. Like, this is God saying this. Like, I, I feel like Job is perfect. He's upright. He feareth the Lord and he, he runs from evil. 
He escheweth evil. He just, he, he keeps evil at bay. This guy is legit. Then Satan answered the Lord and said, watch what, watch what he says. Because, because this, is, this is what Satan is worried about. This is how, this is how Satan explains this man's commitment and servitude to the Lord. He said, does Job fear the Lord for naught? In other words, he's saying, are you, are you te- do you believe that Job just loves you because he loves you? You, you think Job fears you because he's just a good guy? You think, you think Job is, is perfect and upright for nothing? For, 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 for nothing? He just, he just randomly loves you, randomly fears you, randomly stands up right before you? He said, no, that, that's not true. He said, you have made a hedge about him. You have made a hedge about, about around his house. He said, you, you put a hedge on every side of him. Not only that, not only do you protect him, but you blessed him. You blessed his hands, the work of his hands, and you increased him. You protected him, you blessed him, you increased him. Of course, this man loves you. No doubt. You ain't special. Of course, of course, of course this man serves you. Of course this man with evil. Of course he fears the Lord because you keep doing all this good stuff for him. I'm not surprised that he loves you so much. Now, we, we know the rest of this story, and, and I'm not going to get into the rest of the story, but just for a summary, we know that the Lord will tell Satan, okay, touch his stuff. And Satan touches his stuff, and Job still loves the Lord. And he said, Satan, you doing all right? He said, man, I, I took all of his stuff, but he's still praising you. He said, but if you let me touch his body, it's because he has good health. And he said, okay, touch his, touch his body. But you can't kill him, but you can touch him. And after... Satan wrecks Job's life, literally wrecks it in a way that many of us in this room can never understand our life being wrecked at such a magnitude of how Job's life was wrecked. He says, though he slay me, yet will I trust him. (sighs) Aggravating Job. Because for Job, it wasn't about all the stuff. He really loved the Lord and served the Lord. It wasn't all about the stuff. However, I want to point out a glaring fact about this concept is that Job feared the Lord and he did right in front of the Lord and the Lord blessed him for it. Because today, I want to remind the church that all that we're doing right now, it ain't for nothing. I serve the Lord with gladness. But if I tried to stand here today and count for you all the blessings I have because I'm serving the Lord, it would take too much time. 
it would take too much time for me to tell you how blessed I am, how much good I have in my life compared to where I was going. It ain't for nothing. You see, the Lord doesn't let us just serve him, but he blesses us as we serve. I want to remind the church today in this gift-giving season that the gift of living for God is more than the gift of the Holy Ghost. The greatest gift that you will ever receive in your life is the gift of the Holy Ghost. The next greatest gift that you'll have in your life is that you can look back and say, I'm not what I used to be. Amen. The most important thing that can happen for you today is that the Lord fill you with his spirit and that you be Holy Ghost filled. That, that, that's the most important thing for you today. But, but the next greatest thing for you is to wake up one morning and realize that there has been a hedge around your life and, and realize that God has increased the work of your hand and realize that everything I have right now I would never have had if I had not given my life to the Lord. That every gift I receive, every gift that I have received in my life has been because I gave my life over to the Lord. And it hasn't been easy and it hasn't been perfect. But I'm way better off now than I would have ever been if I would have kept on the same track that I was on. Because it ain't for nothing. The Lord will bless you. You see, this kind of preaching isn't very popular today. Because we love to talk about all the sacrifices that we make. And we love to talk about how hard it's going to be. And anybody who would stand up and say, you know what, um, I feel like I got the better end of this deal. We want to look down on people like that and say, well, they're being boastful and arrogant. And you know what, I am being boastful, but I'm not being arrogant. I am boasting in the praises of the God that has taken my life from what it was to what it is. There's a joy in serving the Lord. There's a blessing in serving the Lord. Amen. That when he came to this earth as a little baby born in a manger, destined to live and die among us, for us, he didn't come that we might have life. He came that we might have life and life more abundantly. That you would have abundant life, not mundane life, not just regular old, regular old, but great life. And if you're sitting in this room today and you have a testimony that I have been blessed, then you know for sure it ain't for nothing. I've walked away from some things, but it wasn't for nothing. I walked away from some people, but it wasn't for nothing. I've missed out on opportunity, but it wasn't for nothing. Oh, hallelujah. I've sacrificed time, effort, and energy, but it wasn't for nothing. I've had to forego some things in my life that other people can have, but it wasn't for nothing. Mm, hallelujah. It wasn't for nothing. It, just, it wasn't just so, but I was blessed because of it. I wasn't doing it for it. See, here's where Satan messed up. If Satan thought that that's why Job was doing what he did, 
he thought that the only reason Job was doing it was for the blessing. He didn't understand that Job was doing it because he really loved the Lord and he wanted to walk uprightly. And the blessings were the byproduct, not the product. They're just the byproduct. But I'm thankful today for the byproduct. Anybody want to testify today about the byproduct in your life? You see, the reason I'm doing this is because I love the Lord and I won't take it back. The reason I'm doing this today is because I know the Lord has a plan for my life and I want to walk in his will and I want to walk in his way and it's more important for me to do that than do anything else. But let me tell you about the byproducts of living for God. It's joy, it's peace, it's hope. You say, well, Pastor Chavis, I, I got the Holy Ghost, I've been living for God and I'm struggling. You struggling? I mean... You're going through some stuff? Okay, that's human life. You was going to go through that with God or without God. That was going to happen anyway. That was going to happen whether you were serving him or whether you weren't serving him. At least you can pray to him right now. At least you can find some hope in, in, in knowing that the Lord is on your side. Oh, yeah. It's good to know whose side you're on. Because when Joshua asked the angel, standing by the walls of Jericho, he saw that angel standing there prepared for war. Joshua drew his sword and he asked the angel, are you on our side or are you on their side? The angel said, I'm on the Lord's side. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a whose side I, uh, is he on, it's whose side I'm on. Joshua asked the wrong question. Because he will know, are you for me or against me? And he said, I'm just for the Lord. And so if you're for the Lord, then I guess we're on the same side. And I'm on the Lord's side because it's the right side to be on. It's the winning side. I read the back of the book and we win, we win, hallelujah, we win. I know that there are good and great things that are waiting for me on the other side because that's what the Lord told me that was going to happen. He told me that if I would trust in him and lean not to my own understanding, that he would establish my coming and my going. And I stand before you today as a man whose coming and going has been established. Everything ain't perfect, but I haven't established coming and going. Everything isn't what I want it to be, but I haven't established coming and going. Amen? I know that my feet are on a sure foundation. I am secure in the word of God. I'm not blown about with every wind of doctrine. What scares other people don't scare me. But what strikes fear in the world doesn't strike fear in me. What causes others to faint doesn't make me faint. When other people would say, how are you doing what you're doing? I say, it's the Lord. The Lord's helping me. The Lord's giving me strength where I don't have strength. The Lord's helping me through this. God's on my side. And I'm not just saying it to be cliche or to match somebody's colloquialisms. I'm saying it because I actually mean it. It's true. This is, what, this is what Jesus told his disciples. Jesus told his disciples this. He said, listen, in Matthew 19 and 29, he said, every one of you that forsake house or brethren or sisters or father or mother, or wife, or children, or lands, for my name's sake, 
shall receive a hundredfold. That's time 10,000. Look it up. That's time 10,000. He said, you receive a hundredfold and shall inherit everlasting life. He said, there isn't one thing that you're going to give up that won't be given back to you. There's not one thing you're going to walk away from that I'm not going to feel in another way. There's not one thing that you're going to have to put away that I'm not going to put back into you. Say, well, I'm tired. Well, so you was going to be tired without, with or without Jesus. I'm, 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 I'm overwhelmed. Well, you was going to be overwhelmed with or without Jesus. It's too much. It was going to be, it was going to be too much with Jesus or without Jesus. Life is going to be life. That's why as saints of God, we need to mature to a place where we understand just because bad things come our way doesn't mean God's mad at us. I'm, I'm surprised, you know, I didn't really understand this until I became a pastor and people started talking to me and a common thread as a pastor you hear is this phrase, Pastor, what have I done to deserve this? What have I done to make this happen? What have I done? And what it shows me as a pastor is that you are still focused on what you did or didn't do to make God do or not do something. You're really selfish and you don't know it because you think that you're so powerful that you can make God do something or not do something. That you think of God in such a way that, that you think God would make you sick be, because you ain't paid tithe. That, that's not. Or, or, or that God would take away a loved one because you didn't pray enough. Or that God would put some kind of calamity into your life because you haven't been living like you should be living. Well, I know I've been doing right, Pastor. <clears throat> and I know this is all because I just hadn't been coming to church. No, it isn't because you haven't been coming to church. <coughs> you feel bad because of that. That's your own guilt speaking. That's your own guilt speaking. God ain't sitting up in heaven like, you know what, the night at church today, that's it, I'm giving them the flu. You know what, they didn't pay their tithes, that's it, pop tires, I'm popping all the tires in the car. That God is so worried about your little $5.50, he going to come down and pop tires. But who would be honest with me and tell me in this room if that's not how you see God sometimes in, in your view of thinking, in our religiousosity, whatever we want to call it. We've, we've taught ourselves. We've taught ourselves that he is like us because that's the junk that we would do. That's how petty me and you would be. But God gives great gifts to his children. He said, I give great gifts to my children. My children are, 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 are I bless my children. There isn't anything that you've done in your life that would make God strike vengeance on you. God is not vengeful. No, God is, God is judgmental. Like, what? Yeah. Don't judge me. Only God can judge me. And he will. That's the problem. Only God can judge me. Well, that's going to be the biggest issue you ever have in your whole entire existence is that God is going to judge you. He's super judgy. 
He's a good judge, but he's a judge. And whatever you do will be judged on that day, the great day of judgment, the white throne judgment. He is going to judge you. But he's not vengeful today. His word is there for you. His gospel is there for you, for your life to be saved, to be healed, for you to be redeemed by his blood and adopted by his spirit, for you to become sons and daughters of God. You don't have to have no kind of pedigree, no matter what color you are, no matter your background, don't care what your mama did, don't care what your daddy did, don't care what you did last night. If you say, Lord, here, here I am, the Lord going to say, here I am. Draw nigh unto me, and I'll draw nigh unto you. It's an open, open street. It's a free gift, and the bow has already been tied for you. you. There's no way around it. If you want it, you can have it. But once you got it, you got to understand that there are rules and regulations that I'm going to have to live by because Jesus said, take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in the heart, and ye shall find rest to your soul. But there is a yoke, and I, I'm going to give you the word to live by. But if you don't live by that word to the letter, I'm giving you that word to better your life. I'm giving you that word to make things better for you. You're not going to come and not do my word that I said, and I'm going to come down there and slap you in your head. That's not what's going to happen. I'm going to strike you down with some disease. I'm going to take a loved one from you. I'm going to do whatever. I'm not doing that. That's not, that's not the game plan of God. His game plan is that whatever you have to give up to serve him, I'm going to give it back to you a hundredfold. That you'll be blessed beyond measure. That your barns will be full. Bursting. That there will be joy in your home. Peace. Hope. And when there is trouble, and there will be trouble, you have somewhere to run to. For the name of the Lord is a strong tower. That the righteous can run into it and are saved. That when calamity does come, you have hope to lean on. That when you do go to your closet of prayer, you don't go there with so much guilt because you haven't been there. Really living for God righteously and living for God like you should live for God helps you. You're not helping God. You couldn't help him if you tried. See, because if, if you live a life that's pleasing for the Lord, it helps your conscience. It helps you worship better when you come in here. It helps you be kinder to people. If you know you've been praying and you come in here and the Lord asks you to lay hands on someone, the pastor says, you know, lay hands on them, pray for them, you're going to pray with confidence because you've been praying. If you've been living right and you haven't been sinning on the side, Slipping and sliding, dipping and dapping. And the music gets to playing and you feel the Holy Ghost, you're going to be more free to worship. This is helping you. When you know that you've done the right things, and you've done the right things, when, when rebuke comes your way or reproof comes your way, you say, hey, that's good. You know, I, you know what, Pastor, I needed that. You know, because I know that I'm doing the right things, and so I know that this is working for my good. I know I need this. Sin in your life only destroys your confidence in God's presence. 
Sin in your life only destroys your confidence in God's presence. Because sin is what sin does. Sin wants you to be shameful. That's what sin wants you to do. Not guilty. Sin doesn't want you to be guilty. Because guilt is good. The Bible doesn't say there's no guilt. The Bible says there's no shame. There's a difference. Guilt's good for you. Because you know what guilt does? Guilt says, I made a mistake and I need to fix it. That's called conviction. That's guilt. Conviction. I did something wrong. I know I did something wrong. I need to make it right. I'm guilty. And so, Lord, I need to, what do I need to do? I go to the altar, ask the Lord to forgive me. And, and when I ask the Lord to forgive me of that, of that action that I did, then I believe the Lord forgave me of that action. I move on because it was just guilt. Let me tell you what shame does. Shame doesn't say, I made a mistake. Shame says, I am a mistake. Shame, guilt says, hey, you got a problem. Shame says, I am the problem. That's what shame does. Shame puts it on you. And you can come to this altar a hundred times and repent, but you'll walk out of here and still feel with that same shame because you don't believe it was an action. You don't believe it was a mistake. You believe you are the problem. You are the mistake. Here's what the Lord said. The Lord said, I want to take that shame off of you. Not, not conviction. The Lord is convicting us all the time. He said, I want to take the shame off of you. And what sin wants to do is stain you with shame. And it takes away your confidence in the Lord. And you can't even see the blessings in your life. You can't even see the ways that God is making a way for you. You can't even see the way that God is opening doors for you. You can't even see how blessed you are. I, me and my wife both, we sit in the office with people that have said, oh, I got nothing. This is, I, 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 my whole life is ruined. I got nothing. It's, it's the worst. And we can see outside looking in. They are so blessed. Beautiful families. Beautiful homes. Two or three cars. Money in the bank. Good health. But they're telling us, well, I got nothing, nothing, it's all ruined. No, it's not. You feel that way, but stop believing everything you feel. It ain't, like, from, from my perspective, you still got a beautiful family. You still got a beautiful home. You still got beautiful things. You, you, you're so blessed. It ain't for nothing. God wants you to have plenty. God wants you to walk in the abundance of life. The greatest gift that God wants to give you in this gift-giving season is the gift to see how blessed you truly are. Is the gift of gratefulness. Yeah, because the seed of bitterness will never grow in a heart that's full of gratitude. That knows what you have. That you can look around and you can say, look at all that the Lord has done for me. Is there a few things in my life that aren't exactly where they need to be? Yes. And take the blinders off of yourself and stop looking at those two or three things and look at all the many things that God has blessed you with and become grateful of those things. And when you become so grateful of those things, that makes those other things shrink in comparison. And maybe even God will fix the things 
You know what I begin to do? I'm like, Lord, I'm grateful for this trouble because I'm seeing how it's making me better. Ain't nobody want to talk about that. You say, I got trouble. That's just transparency. I got trouble in my life. Right now, as I stand before you with a suit and tie on, looking fly. Because my wife want to take pictures this morning. I got trouble in my life. And I'm learning how to be grateful for that trouble. You know why? Because I know that trouble is helping me. Somehow. I don't like it. Not one single solitary bit. If I could change it, I would. If there was a lamp I could rub, I'd be. Rub it. But I can't. No, no magic solution. But what I'm doing is I'm saying, Lord, I thank you for this. Because you're helping me see things differently. Lord, Lord, I thank you for this because at some point I'm going to be a pastor of thousands and I got to figure this out now. Lord, I, I, I'm grateful for all the abrasiveness that you brought in my life because somehow it's sanding me smooth for the next thing I'm about to enter into. Lord, Lord, I thank you for all this mess that's trimming me down because I, I need to be able to fit through the next door for the next blessing, for the next thing. For, for the next, yeah, yeah. And so when you learn how to be grateful over those things in your life, gratefulness begins to open your mind up to say, you know, it ain't for nothing. I'm not going through this trouble for nothing. I'm not going through this pain for nothing. I didn't have that experience for nothing. I didn't, I didn't go through all of this trauma and all of this darkness for nothing. God, God ain't put me through all this for nothing just so he can make me miserable. But all things are working together for the good of them that love the Lord, that are called according to his purpose. I, that that there, is a, there is a way, there is a remedy for this. It ain't for nothing. God, God's going to get glory out of this somehow. Hey, Job, I know you lost everything you have, but, but God's just looking for glory. God's just proving a point. God took everything from Job to prove a point, and maybe he's just proving a point in your life. Why was this man born blind? Was it because his mama messed up? Was it because his daddy messed up? How, why was this man born this way? Jesus looks and says, he was born that way so I could show off. He was born that way so, so, so that I could show you that I can do the impossible. Lord, why am I going through all this? Is it because my mom and my dad because I didn't come to church on time? Is it because... I, I mispractice, Lord, Lord, why I'm going through all this trouble? It's, it's because I wanted to show off in your life. I wanted to show you that I'm the only answer for you. I wanted to show you that I'm the only way. I wanted to show you that if you call on me, I'll answer. Here's what God said. I'm, I'm closing. He said in Jeremiah 29, 11, some of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, he said, for I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I know what I'm thinking about you saith the Lord, the thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Like, like I know how this is going to end for you. It, I expect it. And when I think about you, it's good thoughts. Don't you wish sometimes you could know what people are thinking? Some of y'all said yes, but I don't know if you want to say yes so fast. 
reel that one back in. Is that I don't really know if I want to know what everybody's thinking because I like y'all. But sometimes it would be nice just to like, you know what, I know, I wonder what they think about me. Because you know what, as a pastor, you realize, man, people can really smile in your face. Yeah, people just look at you and just be all happy, be smile, and, and everything's gravy. Then someone say, you need, you, I don't know if you know what they said behind your back. They said this, okay, glory to the Lamb. That's life, though. They'd be doing that if I was working for Golden Sachs. They'd be doing that if I was selling vacuum cleaners door to door. It's people. It's, it's life. Stop over-spiritualizing everything. People just people. Come on. I can't believe people in the church. Stop. Stop that mess. And like ain't nobody your job ain't never done nothing either. When they, when they messed you up at your job, did you quit? No. You stayed right there and got your check. You then why are you going to leave the church too? These people in here, I can't believe it. it's church folk. Church folk. No, it's folk. Take the, take, take the precursor off of it. It's just folk. It's just human beings being human beings. People being people. People, there, there's some people that are going to be awesome, and there's some people that's going to be raggedy. Just ratchet. Raggedy. And they're going to be in here, they're going to be out there, they're going to be everywhere. It's just, it's people. Calm down. But the Lord said, I'm going to show you what I'm thinking. Like, I don't know what everybody else is thinking in your life. Like, sometimes you don't even know what your wife or your husband thinking. Now, sometimes I look at a man, I'm like, she, she hates me. But she's like, no, in her mind, she's like, I love you, and I would love to choke you. <laughs> but the Lord said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to let you see what I'm thinking. Because it's easy to say something, but I'm going to show you what's going on in my head. He said, so I know what I'm thinking about you. Here's what I'm thinking about you. I'm thinking peace. I'm thinking I'm going to give you an expected end. He said, then, then shall you call upon me and you shall go and pray unto me and I will hearken unto you. That's a good word. And ye shall seek me and find me, and ye shall search for me with all your heart. It's so good. He said, I think, when I think about you, I think about peace. I think about an expected end. And, I, and here's what it is. If you call upon me, and when you go and you pray, I'm going to hear you. And I'm going to answer you. And when you seek me with all your heart, you're always going to find me. This morning, I just want to encourage you. I know that the holiday season sometimes, as joyous as it is, puts such pressure on people that they begin to forget how blessed they truly are. It's pressure. The holiday season isn't joyous for everybody. A lot of people struggle under the pressure of the holiday season. Family, friends, expectations, egos, it all plays a part. A lot of people find themselves more and more pushed down during the holiday season than lifted up. But this morning I wanted to 
encourage you and tell you, whatever you're going through today, it ain't for nothing. It ain't for nothing. The Lord wants to bless you. And he has blessed you. Even in ways that you don't think are blessings, God is blessing you today. Would you stand to your feet as we close this morning? I pray this word was an encouragement to you today. Thank you again for tuning in to Truth Chapel's podcast. If you have not yet, please take a moment and leave us a quick review. God bless and have a great rest of your day.